Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello. How wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got uh, a wondrous item. It's an item of antiquity. I've taken the liberty of uh, pulling this out of our display curio, and if you look closely at it, it looks like maybe a, a crescent moon. Looks to be a bronze or some sort of bronze-like metal. This item could be used as a symbol, but could also be used as a weapon. But the symbol that it represents is not unlike that which we've seen in a recent Disney Plus series. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at Moon Knight. And when Disney Plus decided that they were going to start doing with Marvel these uh, series, uh, whether they be limited series or, or continuing series, uh, whether it be Marvel, whether it be Star Wars, I was really kind of excited because it, it really meant that there was a lot of opportunity to get some really cool uh, genre content, whether it's science fiction, uh, whether it is, uh, you know, it's Disney, so you're not going to get much horror, but the, the science fiction and fantasy aspect of what Disney could bring to the table really excited me. And thus far, I've been really pleasantly surprised by all of the series that they've done because they've done series with characters that I never really thought I cared that much about. I didn't think I cared about a Scarlet Witch and Vision show, but I loved uh, WandaVision. I, I didn't think I was going to care about uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I did. I really liked that show. Uh, I didn't think I was going to care about a Hawkeye TV series, but I really enjoyed that. Uh, what if that series, I, I had a good idea. I was going to like that because I love an anthology. I love that they did all these different standalone stories, uh, kind of mixing the bag of tricks and, and kind of having a through line that tied it all together at the end. Uh, I, I figured I was going to like that, and I did like that. I've enjoyed all the Marvel series that they've come out with. And when they talked about doing a, a series on Moon Knight, I thought, am I going to care about this? Because I'm not that familiar with the Moon Moon Knight character. I never read the Moon Knight comics. I, I knew of Moon Knight, but I didn't know much about him. And I thought, well, am I going to care about him? But I thought to myself, I thought that about all these other series that they've done. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Oscar Isaac. I, I love Oscar Isaac. So he was going to be in the lead in this. Uh, Ethan Hawke is going to be in this. So I thought two actors, I, I really like watching what they do. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ethan Hawke uh, in general, but I love when he does genre stuff because uh, from time to time, uh, you know, he'll do some horror. He'll do some some fantasy and science fiction. So I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm a big fan of his as well as Oscar Isaac. So I was really excited to see these two bring this character or these characters to life on the small screen and, and give it a shot. Because like I said, I didn't think I was going to like any of these other series and I Turned out I loved them. Uh, was that going to be the same with Moon Knight? Well, that really kind of remains to be seen. I just finished watching episode six. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday, uh, May the 4th for tomorrow's Thursday show. And I have to say, all in all, 
I did like this series, but not for the reasons I expected to like it. So what we're going to kind of talk about, uh, I, I don't want to go beat by beat and break this down scene by scene or anything like that, uh, like I've done in the past. Uh, I've been trying to get away from that. Uh, I want to talk more about the story, the characters. Uh, we're going to get a little spoilery, not terribly spoilery. Uh, like I said, I'm not going through every scene and telling you every little thing that happened, but we're going to talk about these characters and some of the things that they've gone through and how the actors portrayed these characters and some of the main plot points of this show. And there was a really interesting PS scene at the the end of this episode that uh, kind of opens the door for well I, I don't know we're gonna talk about that as well so the basic premise of Moon Knight if you're not very familiar with the Moon Knight comics like I was I really didn't know a lot about it I'd seen him pop up in various comics over the years but I, I didn't really know Moon Knight's backstory. And what it is, it is this uh, mercenary, uh, Mark Spector. He is fatally injured in in Egypt, I believe it was. And this god, Khonshu, this Egyptian god, Khonshu, the god of the, the moon or the night sky, I, I believe it's been referred to as both, uh, at least in the, the Moon Knight TV series. Uh, he comes to Mark Spector and asks him if he will be his avatar and dispense justice on, on evildoers. Uh, you know, broad strokes uh, overview of how it goes, and Mark Spector does. Uh, the thing of it is, Mark Spector has multiple personalities. There are really five personalities in the comic. There is Mark Spector, the mercenary. There is Stephen Grant, which I believe is kind of like the billionaire playboy in the comics. Not so much in the show, and we'll kind of talk about some of the differences there. Uh, there's also the cabbie, uh, New York cabbie, Jake Lockley, who we don't really see much of in, in this show. We don't really see anything of him in this show except... Well, there's some references to him, and we'll talk about that as well. There's also Mr. Knight, which is a, a version of the Moon Knight in his um, superhero costume, only the, the costume is like a white suit, and he has this mask on, uh, much like when you see Moon Knight proper. And he is a consultant. And they do that character a little different. They don't treat him as a separate personality per se. And then, of course, you have Moon Knight himself. Which, again, in this show doesn't isn't really treated like a separate personality so much as Mark Spector as as Moon Knight. Because, because like I said, I'm, we'll get to it right now then. Uh, they do these multiple personalities a, a little bit different. Uh, Mark Spector is Moon Knight, the guy with the, the cloak and the cape. And he is the main superhero that we know of as Moon Knight. Stephen Grant is not a playboy in the TV series. He actually works at a museum, uh, <laughs> works in the gift shop. And when his personality takes over in the Moon Knight costume, it turns into what uh, looks like Mr. Knight, the consultant in the comic books. And that's kind of, they did that a lot in this series. I mean, you had the basis of what Moon Knight is, uh, the basis of the origin story, the basis of a lot of characters, but they did them just slightly different. You know, a lot of times I get uh, cast as a bit of a purist. I want things, you know, I understand you got to change things for TV and for the movies, but I want, I want the story on the screen. But this, I, I'm not as invested in Moon Knight, so I guess it didn't bother me as much. And I don't know, you know, if you're a huge fan of uh, the Moon Knight comics, um, 
maybe it bothered you. It didn't bother me so much that they kind of tweaked things and changed things up a little bit. Uh, the personalities kind of tweaked, uh, tweaked them a little bit and, and how they work with the whole Moon Knight superhero costume, that sort of thing. It didn't bother me. And there's a, another character that they kind of combined two characters to, to make this one. And they did it to good effect. And I think they did it. There, there's a, a special part in this that I, I really liked. And we'll, we'll talk about that briefly uh, once we get to this other character. But I really loved Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. It was really fun to watch him play these different personalities. Stephen Grant is British and, and Mark Spector is not. He's American. Even the Jake Lockley aspect of this uh, a new york cabbie uh we'll, we'll speak to that a little later in the episode because it kind of ties into the the ps scene but uh, I, I really loved watching oscar isaac play these two personalities against each other because really there's there's such a heart-wrenching backstory and i think that's one of the thing uh, that I like uh, that Oscar Isaac can, can bring to the table. He he brings that range of uh, emotion that I, I think some actors do it to great effect. Uh, some, you know, it, it kind of feels like they're going through the motions, but really you, you believed these were two separate entities. You believed these were two separate personalities. And, and there were some scenes where they had Mark Spector and, uh, Stephen Grant together in sort of like a a mental space, if you will, uh, where you know you're inside of of Mark Spector's mind, and these two personalities are confronting each other, and they are at first adversarial, and and that really is kind of the basis of what this series was about is these two adversarial personalities coming together, finding common ground to work together to be the superhero that they were meant to be. But I like Oscar Isaac because he, he really brought a lot to creating these two personalities. Uh, like I said, you really felt like it was two separate people and, and the way they played the anguish of the trauma that this Mark Spector character went through as a child to create this alternate personality and the realization of this ultimate personality to realize they weren't real. They were created because of, of Mark Spector's young fractured mind. It was just, it was very complex, but it was very heartfelt. It was very heart wrenching and it just added a lot of, I mean, you just felt for this this child uh, that you're watching go through these things and and the man that he became you know having gone through all this and Oscar Isaac I thought did a great job expressing all these emotions uh, through these two separate personalities it just seemed like a colossal task that was laid in front of him and I thought he knocked it out of the park uh, so I, I really liked the fact that they had Oscar Isaac in this, like I said, I, I've been a fan of his for quite some time. Ex Machina, uh, you know, his work with Star Wars, and so many other things he's done. But uh, I really was glad that they they put him in this role because I thought he really nailed it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this character going down the road, which again, we'll talk about coming up. Uh, another character that I was really interested to see is Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow. He kind of plays this cult leader, 
Uh, I've heard it described as kind of uh, uh, David Koresh meets uh, Carl Jung. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's kind of what uh, Ethan Hawke really based his performance on was, you know, watching tapes uh, of, of David Koresh and Carl Jung because uh, there's an aspect of this character, Arthur Harrow, that does feel very much like a psychologist. And figuratively and in some scenes more literally. Uh, but, you know, those are just a couple of the characters in history that Ethan Hawke used to inform his performance. And this character was quite interesting because I didn't know what to make of it. You're introduced to him right away. And there's there's not much of an arc for this character. This character is on a mission. Uh, this character has a sense of purpose to begin with and carries on that purpose to the bitter end. And that purpose is to bring judgment. Whereas Conchu is using Mark Spector as his avatar to dispense justice on people who have done evil. Ethan Hawke plays Arthur Harrow, who follows the Egyptian god Amet. And he hasn't become the avatar quite yet. But through Amet's power, he is dispensing justice on people, not for what they've done, but for what they will do in the future. A very minority report. And Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow uh, really plays it like, you know, he is on this holy mission. He is on a divine mission. He is, he is on a mission from uh, his God to dispense justice in the way that he and his his God seem fit. Now, the difference between the two, of course, uh, Khonshu is exacting justice on those who have committed crimes, who have committed sins, where Amit is dispensing justice on what people could do or might do in the future. Uh, you're not given the chance to make that choice. Now, you could also say with Khonshu, you know, you're not given a second chance with his type of justice. So I, I don't think it plays either either of these gods, Khonshu or Amit, as being right. They're just different in how they think evil should be dealt with. And like many things in life and many things in religion and politics, it's usually not this side. It's not that side. It's somewhere some sweet spot in that right in the middle. And and I think that may be one of the, the greater themes of this. You know, we could very much uh, take a lot from that analogy in, in the world today, whether you're talking politics. And I don't want to make this about politics, and I won't. But whether you're talking politics, whether you're talking uh, about justice and injustice, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, religious views uh, of this sort or the other, uh, you know, you could take a lot from that idea that, you know, both sides are quite sure that their way or their idea is the only way. And a lot of times it's usually uh, that sweet spot right in the middle that uh, that is the better way. So I found that really interesting in this. And uh, while the Arthur Harrow, like I said, not much of a character development in this, uh, it was an interesting character. And I thought Ethan Hawke played him well. He kind of played him like a uh, this soft-spoken monk very introspective, very deliberate in both word and action, and, and very focused. 
also uh, very manipulative in in that soft-spoken calmness. You can sound like you're the rational one. You're the sane one when you can keep your composure and keep calm. And the person that's more passionate and, and trying to explain how this person's trying to do bad, they look like the crazy one. They look like the one that is off their rocker and obviously wrong in in what they're saying and what they're thinking. Uh, So there's very much a a sense of manipulation. He's a master manipulator. Uh, Arthur Harrow is in this. And Ethan Hawke really played this part beautifully. It made me, like I said, I, I love him when he, whenever he does any sort of genre. I, I'm such a huge fan because I think he does such a spectacular job. He does a great job in general. I'm a, like I said, I'm, a, I'm an Ethan Hawke fan. But uh, I love when he gets to do genre. And it makes me excited to see him in Black Phone coming out uh, late next month. So uh, really cool to see him in this. Uh, another actress that uh, I, I was not very familiar with looking at her body of work uh there's only really one movie that uh, i recognize uh jen uh because i wanted to see that and i haven't watched it yet but uh she was in that uh but other than that i really wasn't uh 100 familiar with her with her work but uh may kalamawe plays layla she is the wife of mark specter and she's kind of you know Lay- the layla character is kind of a combination of different characters from the comic books. Uh, She's kind of one part the Marlene character from the comics because it's her father who dies. Mark Spector isn't responsible, but he is responsible for for working with Bushman, and Bushman uh, kills her father, and that's kind of how they meet. You get get that backstory a little bit through this. Uh, So you get that aspect of the Marlene character in Layla, but you also, as we find out later, and her last name in this, El Fauli, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Should have been a dead giveaway because there is a character in Marvel called Abdul Faul, who is the Scarlet Scarab. And as we'll find out, and we'll talk about it at the end, uh, we do find out that uh, she is indeed, uh, Layla is indeed a combination of these two characters, Marlene and the Scarlet Scarab. But I like this character, for one, because they kind of change in, in the comics, uh, the Marlene character, the love interest of of Mark Spector, is you know blonde, uh, but they made this character Layla Egyptian, which you know I, I'm. It's kind of a a mixed bag of tricks when it comes to gender and race swapping characters, uh, because sometimes when it's when it's done just to do it, I have a problem with that. When you have iconic characters that you're doing it just to, you know, just to be pandering. I, I don't like that at all. But in this situation where you have uh, kind of a character on the periphery, I mean, she's not a main character, but you can do things to elevate this character, especially through the you know, making her Egyptian, uh, I thought was a really good idea because uh, one, you, you got more inclusion at the end when she becomes the Scarlet Scarab, you have a scene where she's in the middle of this battle and she saves a young girl and the young girl looks at her and says, are you an Egyptian superhero? I mean, that that to me was kind of cool uh, because I know I took it for granted growing up 
and, and maybe maybe I took it for granted even into my adulthood. But you know, I, I took for granted that a lot of you know a lot of superheroes were white. Uh, a lot of superheroes were guys. I think I, I don't think I ever looked at superheroes as it mattering what color or what gender they were. Uh, because I did like superheroes of color. Uh, I did like female superheroes. I just liked superheroes. But as an adult now, I can take a look at it from somebody else's shoes and think that, you know, that, that probably would suck. Growing up and never seeing anybody like you uh, as a superhero. So I thought this was a great way to take a character that was kind of on the periphery. Not a main character, but change your ethnicity. Uh, you, like I said, you've combined the Marlene character and the Scarlet Scarab. And you've now turned this character, like in, in the comics, Marlene, uh, I, I don't think was had any sort of superpowers or anything, but you've made this character more interesting and you've, you've made it a character that people of Middle Eastern descent can look at and look up to. And you can make this character more important in the MCU further down the road. And I think that's a great way of introducing different characters characters that feel more inclusive and it takes a character that may have been a secondary or, or tertiary character in the comics and, and now gives them more agency in the bigger story of in this case moon knight and i like the actress that played her i thought may uh Kalamawe, uh, did a fantastic job and we'll talk a little more specifically about you know her, her acting in in just a second but but you've also created a character that young girls of middle eastern descent can look up to and you can really build on that and i think that's you know that's a I think that's a smart thing on Disney's part. Now, back to Mae Kalamawe. Uh, I loved her performance in this because, like I said, I, I wasn't really familiar with her body of work. But there again, like so many uh, actors and actresses that uh, I've not been familiar with their work, but I see them in something. Now I want to see more of her. I want to see her more in the MCU. I want to see her more of her in general. Uh, I want to watch that movie, Jin, and, and and see how she does in that. But she really, uh, the character's really cool because she's kind of a badass. She's kind of like a, a female Indiana Jones type. She's a strong female lead. You know, as much as Mark Spector is this the strong guy, he's a mercenary. She is a strong female lead to to play opposite him and you know kind of the kind of character that doesn't take his shit calls him out on his bs and i really liked that toughness but there were also some scenes where she got to play uh, a range of emotion that uh, it, it was really it was really nice to watch her in this role because she was able to to nail that emotion and when she uh, becomes the avatar to the Egyptian god Tawaret. She does this fantastic scene where she flip-flops back and forth from being her own persona and the Tawaret persona. And, and she did it all. I don't know if they did that all in one take. It looked like a, a lot of it was done, you know, her just acting her heart out going from one personality to the other and the body convulsion she used to show the transition from one personality to the other was just a, a, a piece of brilliance. I watched that scene in awe because she did such a fantastic job for that. And of course, another uh, big name actor uh, to speak of, of course, F. Murray Abraham played the voice of Khonshu. And, and, the, and the character of Khonshu is quite interesting and complicated you know he's kind of got this 
one god war going on against injustice. He's kind of an outcast, you know, kind of looked down upon by a lot of the other gods, kind of a, a god that lives on the fringe of what's acceptable and what's not. And he also, uh, it, it's it's talked about how he's kind of taken advantage of Mark Spector because Mark Spector's mind is fractured into these different personalities. And he he's kind of taken advantage of that, uh, making Mark Spector his avatar to become the moon knight and, and use him as his instrument of dispensing justice to the, the wicked. Uh, so it, like I said, it's a very complicated character and it gets even more complicated as we get to the end of the, of the series. And I really liked the look of this. Uh, you know, you talk about all the great actors and the great performances that were in this uh, one of the things I really liked was the look of this whole series because it's set, uh, I mean, some in in London, uh, but there's a lot set in Egypt, and it just had a great look about it. You know, it's it's what you come to expect from, from Marvel and from Disney in these shows. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, oh, they probably spend all their money in the first two episodes, uh, and, and the rest kind of tails off. I'm like, no. They really do these TV series justice because it is like watching a six-hour movie just in hour-long increments. Uh, it's that quality, and it just had a great look. It had a great sound. I liked a lot of the music they used. There was a lot of uh, needle drops in this that were some bizarre uh, but poignant uh, music sources. They played a lot of old, like... Uh, 60s pop, some obscure songs that really had a lot of meaning. Uh, they used a lot of Middle Eastern and like Egyptian hip hop, which was kind of cool to hear that. I'm not a huge hip hop fan, but I do respect good music and I'm always, you know, interested to hear what what music sounds like. Uh, you know, what are the artists in these other countries? What, what do they sound like? What are they putting out? So it was really always kind of interesting to to hear uh, music, whether it's rock or rap or hip hop or pop from other countries. And it was kind of cool to hear some of the some of the Middle Eastern hip hop that they were using in in both the the actual show itself and as you know end credits just had a great look and a great sound. Uh, the special effects were fantastic. Uh, they did these. Uh, Egyptian gods in their their true form. Taworet was a, a big hippo. Amit was a uh, kind of a crocodile hybrid looking thing. Khonshu looked like a bird skull. The CG work was was spectacular, as as you would expect from Marvel and, and Disney. And like I said, I'm not going through the whole series, breaking it down, but the bulk of this series was you. You really didn't get an origin story, but it was kind of like it. it felt like the end of an origin story. Mark Spector's already Moon Knight when we get introduced to him at the beginning, but he's still at war with himself. These different personalities, these two different personalities fighting for control. And and a lot of his story is about the two personalities or all the two personalities we're introduced to coming together. Now we get little scenes here and there where Mark Spector or Stephen Grant black out and they wake up and there's a lot of death around them and they don't know who is doing this. 
You know, they think the other is doing it. Stephen Grant thinks Mark Spector killed all these guys. Mark Spector is like, Stephen Grant killed all these guys? It's a lot of supposition about who is... And and they really kind of lay the groundwork for this third personality. But the Mark Spector story throughout all this is one, coming to terms with himself, and two, stopping Arthur Harrow from uh, unleashing Amit and judging the whole world. Now, when I first saw that they were doing this, uh, I thought we were going to get a lot more Moon Knight than we did. And at first, it kind of bothered me that, okay, I'm enjoying what I'm watching, but I expected more Moon Knight in my show called Moon Knight. You really didn't get a lot of Moon Knight in the first five episodes. You had maybe like one, two, two really big scenes with him. Maybe a third, you know, kind of minor scene with Moon Knight, but you really didn't get a lot of him until the very end. And, and that bothered me for the longest time until I got to this episode and realized this is really still just a jumping off point for this character. And we're going to see more of Moon Knight to come. But they really spent a lot of time focusing on the war between Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, this mental war. Uh, there was a couple episodes, like two full episodes, where we spent most of each episode inside Mark Spector's mind and where it looks like this mental hospital and Mark Spector and Stephen Grant are arguing and coming to terms and it felt like a cross between One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and an episode of Dr. Phil. And and part of me was like, I, I didn't sign on for this. I want Moon Knight. I want I want this character. I want to see some superhero kicking ass. But then, you know, I kind of came to terms with it in this last episode because it was all still very interesting and it was all still very engaging. Where it lacked in the action that I wanted from a superhero TV show, it made up for in interesting characters and interesting backstories and interesting conflicts that weren't of the physical sort. And then it ends with a a, a bit of a a physical conflict. Uh, Yes, you do get to some of the physical sort when it comes to conflicts at the end of this, but it it all ended very abrupt and it ended very, in, in true fashion for this series, complicated. And I don't mean complicated in the convoluted sense. I mean, just... Uh, it's it's a complicated series uh, mentally uh, because they don't do things the way you're expecting them to do things in this. It ends and Mark Spector and Stephen Grant are back in this mental asylum inside Mark Spector's mind. And maybe it's just because I, I just watch it. I haven't had a lot of time to think it over, but uh, but you do get the sense that these two characters, these two personalities inside of Mark Spector have kind of teamed up. They've come to terms with one another, but they laid the groundwork for a third personality, the Jake Lockley personality. I mean, it was call a spade a spade. They lay a lot of groundwork to insinuate the Jake Lockley personality is there and that he is the one that is is the more killer type when they're having these blackouts and everyone is dead when they wake up. Uh, it's insinuated that Jake Lockley is the personality that is got a bloodlust. And they do a little bit of foreshadowing with that, uh, with 
the psychiatrist because in in this mental institution inside Mark Spector's mind, the psychiatrist that they're working with is Ethan Hawke playing uh, Arthur Harrow as a uh, a psychiatrist. Now, whether it is and I've heard a lot of people talking, uh, some think it's Conchu kind of effing with. Uh, Mark Spector's mind. Others think it is just Mark Spector manifesting this uh, psychiatrist as Arthur Harrow because Arthur Harrow does have kind of a psychologist feel to him in the real world. Others thought it is Arthur Harrow himself inside Mark Spector's mind. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on either one. I think it's either Conchu or I think it's just uh, Mark Spector manifesting this. Uh, a psychiatrist to look like Arthur Harrow. I don't know, but there is a, a bit of foreshadowing as to Arthur Harrow, his his death uh, or, or presumed death. But we leave this scene inside Mark Spector's mind, this mental institution inside of his mind, to a real mental institution where they've apparently taken uh, Arthur Harrow. And we see somebody come and wheel him off wearing black gloves. We see he's got kind of one of those uh, scally caps. And for anybody that knows the Moon Knight comics, knows that is a signature look of one Jake Lockley. He wheels him out to this limo and dumps Arthur Harrow inside of it. And inside this limo is Conchu. And this is the Conchu we, I guess, get a little more of in the comics. He's got the skull bird head, but he is wearing a suit, kind of like the uh, Mr. Knight character, kind of a dingy Colonel Sanders looking suit. And of course, this is the PS scene that I was talking about with the with the limo and Arthur Harrow and Conchu introduces him to none other than Jake Lockley and it's Oscar Isaac in the front. He turns around and with a silencered pistol, Pops a couple caps in Arthur Harrow. Now, in the comics, he is a New York cabbie. Uh, in this, he's driving a limo and he speaks Spanish. So, uh, a, a little bit of a departure from the comics, but but I don't mind that. I mean, Oscar Isaac uh, is of Hispanic descent. So, I, I think that makes sense. It, it, it works. And uh, uh, I'm interested to see where they go with this. Because, like I said, this is the PS scene. And from what... I have understood and a lot of people have talked about and and they understood that this was going to be a limited series. Oscar Isaac made some comments about not being the Moon Knight or doing Moon Knight for a very long time as far as like a, a series. Uh, I figured it was going to be we're going to get this, it's going to set the character up and then we'll see him show up in other things like maybe Werewolf by Night that's coming out this fall, that, that movie that they're doing. Uh, there, because of course, Moon Knight uh, made his first appearance in the Werewolf by Night comic. There's a possibility he could show up in the new Blade movie. There's been talk about them maybe doing a, a darker team up, like a Midnight Suns uh, team up uh, with Moon Knight as a part of that. But there's really been a lot of speculation, nothing confirmed. But I think the consensus was always that this was just going to be a one-off limited series. And the way they end this, it, it almost feels like they're setting it up for a second season. Because now that you've introduced this Jake Lockley character proper, you gotta, you gotta go into that. Because it was a big story arc in Moon Knight of... Mark Spector being at odds with all these personalities, Stephen Grant, Jake Lockley, Mr. Knight. There was an arc where they all had to come together and 
decide to start working together to be Moon Knight. And it looked like they were doing a version of that with this. But now that Jake Lockley's reintroduced to the series, you got to have him on board now going into the future, you would think. So that begs the question, are they going to do a second season? Or are they going to work all that out in, you know, just cameos and other movies? I wouldn't think they would do that. I would think they've got to do at least one more proper season of Moon Knight. But that all remains to be seen. So all in all, I thought this was a, a really good season for reasons I didn't think was going to make it a good season. <laughs> because like I said, I, I wanted this to be and I expected it to be more superhero-y, more action, more Moon Knight. Uh, I didn't get that. But what I did get, I, I still enjoyed. I think at the end of the day, I still enjoyed. I enjoyed the, the characters. Uh, Moon Knight had an interesting arc. The Moon Knight character, the two personalities, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, I, I liked that dynamic between those two. I thought it was well acted. I, I thought the direction was really good. Uh, Muhammad Diab directed a lot of these episodes, uh, directed four of them. I believe the first, third, and the fifth and sixth episode, uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson directed the second and fourth episodes. And I thought they all did a great job. The writing was really good. Special effects were awesome. Like I said, the acting uh, and the cast of this was just phenomenal. I thought they did a really good job. So I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this when it started because it wasn't what I was hoping for. But uh, sometimes... You know, what you hope for isn't what you need. And I liked this because it was different from a lot of the other superhero shows, at least in this season, in this story that they told. It was told in a, a little bit of a different way. And I think I enjoyed that for what it was. Do I want to see more Moon Knight? Uh, do I want to see the superhero Moon Knight uh, flying around kicking ass more? Yeah, I do. And that's why I'm hoping they do a second season to where we get more of a traditional superhero show. But that all remains to be seen, and we'll talk about it if anything comes about with the uh, with the Moon Knight series uh, with Marvel and Disney+. Plus. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to check out Moon Knight. Uh, if you like Marvel, uh, this is going to be something a, a little bit different. Uh, but I think you're going to enjoy it. It's If you like characters and you like character development, uh, this is a, is a good show for you. Uh, if you have watched it, uh, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. And of course, we got uh, more to come from Disney Plus this month. The Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series kicks off on May the 27th. So really excited about that. Uh, of course, we'll do a an episode on the full season, breaking it down and talking about uh talking about what happens when it's all said and done but uh, we've got a new feature that i'm going to be starting very soon uh called random curiosities they're going to be uh five ten maybe 15 minute episodes randomly here and there where i'll be able to talk about things that i'm watching or reading or or, or whatever i'll be able to comment on uh, different things going on in the world of horror fantasy and sci-fi in more real time instead of having to wait to put out an episode on Monday and an episode on Thursday in the middle of the week. 
I can kind of do a little quick episode to, to talk about something that I think is interesting in the world of horror fantasy and sci-fi. So really looking forward to, to starting those coming up very soon. And as always, you can check out everything that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We're always posting trailers from movies, TV series, limited series. Uh, always posting articles from various sources around the internet, trying to keep you up to date on what's going on with horror fantasy and sci-fi. And uh, so check that out. Uh, like the uh, Facebook page and share it. And no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please uh, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. But whatever you review you leave, uh, we certainly do appreciate it. Please like the uh, podcast, uh, subscribe to it, and, and share it with your friends, family, neighbors, even complete strangers. If they're wearing a t-shirt or they give you any inclination that they like horror fantasy and or sci-fi, share this podcast with them and please get the word out there. Uh, you know, it's, I, I do this because I, I love these genres and I love, you know, talking about them. So uh, hopefully you love listening to me talk about these these different uh, genres and the movies and TV series and and everything in between that uh, comes out in regards to them. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!